Amen. Hey, we're going to try something new. I can't, go figure. We're going to try something new in the middle of all this. Um, we thought that uh, we would tag team uh, a little bit um, up here. Um, and the reason is we want to give this service uh, to you uh, tonight. And we are going to uh, actually, we, we did both prepare something, uh, but we're going to interject it in the midst of uh, what the Lord is going to do. And so um, just as a quick reminder, and if you're new here, um, what we are have been doing as um, really leaning into the equipping and training that is found in Ephesians 6, or Ephesians 4, sorry, um, and it talks about uh, the fact that us pastors are to equip and train you, and what we have felt like the Lord lead us to do is actually uh, involve you in the conversation and the discussion, and so uh, we've done this for several several weeks now, and DJ did an incredible job last week uh, leading us into um, a, a chapter that, to be quite honest with you, we could go for quite a while. Would you all agree? Um, we barely scratched the service, our surface, and the service ended like that, and it was like, oh my gosh, that went so quick. Um, and so what we decided as a teaching team this week is that DJ and I would kind of sit up here and facilitate, but what we want to do is just jump right in um, to what you feel like the Lord was leading you as you read it this week again with the question in mind, um, how does this scripture point to Jesus Christ? Um, and I just want to encourage everybody, the discussions that we had last weekend um, and and the depth um, of insight that you guys brought out and also the willingness to just be vulnerable and share. Um, my, my Some of my favorite comments from last weekend was when, when you said, as I've been reading this, it has been really challenging me on how I've been going about living in this world right now. Would you all agree we kind of live in a little bit of a chaotic world right now. Um, and this chapter really speaks uh, to it. And so um, before I read the chapter again, uh, DJ has one other announcement that he wants to bring to your attention that we are going to try uh, as well tonight. Yes, so um, we are just super excited that you guys have been jumping in and sharing, and we want that absolutely to continue and to increase. Um, and so we just, we're so grateful that we're just, you know, feeling more and more comfortable with each other as family. Uh, having said that, we recognize some of you might have a comment, uh, have a question, and just for whatever reason feel like, eh, I don't know if I want to, like, grab a microphone. That's okay, too. Your comment is valuable. What you have to share uh, is something that we want to be a part of the discussion. So we've created a little um, text-to-interact phone number for you that comes right here to this computer, guys. This is, this is live. This is unedited. This is, this is the behind-the-scenes. You're seeing it all right here. So literally in real time, if anybody wants to test it, you know, uh, you, could, you could do that. But the idea is, yes. DJ, looking... why are you wearing that weird-looking vest? Yes. Um, it's, oh, no, that wasn't on. It's a very cool Puma sweatshirt. Sorry. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, hopefully we just want that to make it even more accessible. Guys, please, if you've been interacting with the mic, don't hold back and, like, go to text. Like, we don't want you necessarily to move. I mean, you know. 
do what you feel most comfortable. But what we're saying is we're not trying to limit the number of comments. We want that to even increase. This is just another layer uh, for you to be able to, to do that. And so we have someone texting in, but we don't know what they're saying yet. So, But thank you, whoever took me up at my word and is testing this. So uh, we're just excited about what God is going to lead us into together. And so we'll have that number kind of up there throughout. And then also I've asked Braden to kind of put up the rules of interaction, uh, the rules of engagement, uh, just as a, a reminder to us to speak for ourselves, to obviously not carry offense, uh, to listen empathetically, to ask good questions. And so you'll kind of see those two slides uh, alternating, and, uh, and we just hope that that's uh, beneficial to you. All right, so I'm going to read through the chapter again. Um, and again, the question that I'm going to ask when I get done is, how does this point to Jesus? Because all of Scripture, anytime you read it, uh, it should point to Jesus Christ. Um, that's why we were given the Word, is so that we could know our Lord and Savior um, more intimately and in a better way. And so um, let's pray, and then I will read this. So Heavenly Father, we come to you, and we thank you for the Word of God. We thank you for the fact that it is alive and active, and that it can come and speak to each one of us. And uh, what's completely amazing to me is that it can speak in different ways. And so, Lord, I pray that some of those different ways would come out um, this evening. And as we discussed how this points to you, Jesus. Lord, I pray that you would give us divine revelation and insight. And Lord, I pray that people would feel that this is a safe place in this room and that they would be willing to just open their hearts to hearing from you and then uh, be willing to share and speak forth what you are, are revealing to them. Because I know this, if someone in this room is being prompted by you, I know there's other people in the room that will be blessed by what you have uh, have spoken to them. And so, Lord, we just ask that you would take over uh, this service, and we thank you for these things in your name. Amen. Romans 14, accept the one whose faith is weak without quarreling over disputable matters. One person's faith allows them to eat anything, but another whose faith is weak eats only vegetables. The one who eats Everything must not treat with contempt the one who does not. And the one who does not eat everything must not judge the one who does. For God has accepted them. Who are you to judge someone else's servant? To their own master, servants stand or fall, and they will stand, for the Lord is able to make them stand. One person considers one day more sacred than another. Another considers every day alike. Each of them should be fully convinced in their own mind. Whoever regards one day as special does so to the Lord. Whoever eats meat does so to the Lord. For they give thanks to God. And whoever abstains does so to the Lord and gives thanks to God. For none of us lives for ourselves alone. And none of us dies for ourselves alone. If we live, we live for the Lord. And if we die, we die for the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. For this very reason... Christ died and returned to life so that he might be the Lord of both the dead and the living. You then, why do you judge your brother or sister? Or why do you treat them with contempt? For we will all stand before God's judgment seat. It is written, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me, every tongue will acknowledge God. So then each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. Therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in the way of a brother or sister. I am convinced, being fully persuaded in the Lord Jesus, that nothing is unclean in itself. 
But if anyone regards something as unclean, then for that person it is unclean. If your brother or sister is distressed because of what you eat, you are no longer acting in love. Do not, by your eating, destroy someone for whom Christ died. Therefore, do not let what you know is good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is, a, is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and receives human approval. Let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. Do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food. All food is clean, but it is wrong for a person to eat anything that causes someone else to stumble. It is better not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything else that will cause your brother or sister to fall. So whatever you believe about these things, keep between yourselves and God. Bless it is the one who does not condemn himself by what he approves. But whoever has doubts is condemned if they eat because their eating is not from faith. And everything that does not come from faith is sin. So there's many different things that we could point to and go uh, into again. Uh, but we felt very much um, when we were praying as a teaching team this week that we were supposed to come to the question, how does this point to Jesus? Some of uh, the best interactions we've had so far in the month or so that we've been doing this has been uh, from that question. How does this point to Jesus? And so uh, Neil Alvarado and uh, Todd Oliver back there have agreed to run around with the mic. So um, just lift up your hand. Uh, again, if you would just speak your name first, um, just so that um, everybody in the room can know who you are, uh, and then just share what you feel like the Lord is speaking to you in regards to that. So, uh, church, how does this section of Scripture point to Jesus Christ? And I know... Um, that we sent the text out this week. If you haven't received, if you didn't get those texts, make sure you go to shinechurch.life slash connect, and uh, we'll get you on that list. My name's John. Um, I feel like this scripture points to Jesus just in the first sentence. Except the one whose faith is weak. That's us. That's me on a daily basis. He accepts me when I'm weak. Um... But also it brought to mind uh, John 8, um, where the Pharisees bring the woman who was caught in adultery. And uh, Jesus is probably the only one that could pass judgment or anything, and he doesn't. He says, um, he's, he asks where they went after he said, those without sin, throw the first stone. And after everyone leaves, he says, neither do I condemn you go and said no more. So I just feel like the whole thing, just accepting the one with weak faith points directly to him. It's good, huh? It's really good. Somebody else. Kind of a tough question, huh? All right. Uh, my name's Mulaney, and um, I just see in, in the middle of that, it, it basically it's saying 
why why would anybody want to hurt someone else that Jesus died for? And his all I see is this is his heart. The whole passage is his heart is to love the one that's weak, like John pointed out. Um, and if you're a little more mature in the Lord, then then let's act like it. You know, let's let's be more like Jesus by accepting one another. And um, yeah, to me, it's just the whole the whole thing is trying to bring us back to the place where um, where we're more like him, where we're more like Jesus um, with one another. Uh, my name's Ben. Uh, how this passage relates to Jesus, what stood out to me is it tells us why he came, why he died and rose again, uh, verses, verses 8 and 9. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. For this very reason, Christ died and returned to life. I mean, that's, that's such a big statement. For this reason, he came. And that word belonging uh, has just meant a lot to me this week of just... That's what we're all seeking. That's all. That's what we all want. We all want to belong. And you look at Jesus's ministry; everything he did was focused on the people that didn't feel like they belong. He's telling them, "You do belong," and that's what he wants. That's what Paul wants us to realize in this passage. I think. Ben, as you were sharing, I, the thought came to my mind: um, we all do want to belong. I totally. Would anybody disagree with that? I mean, I think that's part of how we've been wired. Um, we, we were created in his image, and I believe uh, that he wanted to have that walking, talking relationship with each one of us, and we are created to have well, that, that desire in us as well, to have relationship. Um, but here's, here's, here's a question for you in that belonging. Um, we all want to belong and be a part of something um, without a doubt. But the second you're told that you belong to somebody, anybody else have something rise up in you? They're like, not me. It, it, yeah, I'm seeing yeses and no all over the room. I, it, it's, it's interesting to me that I think personally I struggle as I read that when it, when it says that um, if we, you know, we belong to the Lord, if we live, we should live for him. If we die, we die for him. I, there's, there's a selfish fleshly part of me that wants to live my own life. Anybody else? And uh, I love that you brought that out, Ben, because I think it absolutely points to Jesus Christ. And it actually challenges us as a believer. Are you willing to give yourself over completely to God? I'm Nicole. Um, You know, I kept going back to the scriptures we referenced in the previous weeks because it seems like there's a progress that we've been making that we first talked about how God has a plan and there's, like I said, I equated it to an orchestra and that everybody has their parts. And then we come in, that we're seated with him, that we get his perspective. And this is how we, we do that. We share the Christ perspective with others where we don't take, we, we take up him who is the truth. Jesus is truth. He's not just a perspective, which is ev- which is everything else. Say that but again. Jesus is per- is, is a, not a perspective. He's truth. Everything else is just perspective. So anyway, that's that's what I walked away with. Hey, bonus points for you to take earlier weeks and tie it into this. I right, just bonus extra points credit. right there. That's extra credit for you, Nicole. Good job. That's so good.
so five weeks ago, when you... Just kidding, I'm going to go back. <laughs> Couldn't do it. Hey, bonus it. points for you, Brian. Where did <laughs> yes. you go? I love it. Yes. Woo-hoo! Cammie's dispensing the gold stars, guys, afterwards, so please see her. I, at, I get at least two, probably. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my name is Brian. Uh, a couple things stand out. Um, this isn't so much reflecting Jesus, but th- this, this passage is probably a little bit written in response to Acts 10 with Cornelius and what happened with, with um, Peter, uh, God showing Peter um, that there is no unclean. Right. And so that sticks out. Uh, another thing that really sticks out about pointing to Jesus is I'm reminded of the 614 laws. And I feel like this is Paul just hacking away at that some more and saying, Jesus came to abolish the law. And oh, by the way, this is some more we need to just hack away at. And so that's encouraging for me. I, okay, so a thought on that real, just real quick. Um, we see that now a couple thousand years later, right? Um, can you imagine actually reading this from a perspective of a Jewish person that had been following the 613, 14 laws that, that had been set up? Um, can you imagine reading this and what it must have done in in their mind and, and heart like, I mean, I'm not going to say it in church, but oh, no, you know, <laughs> not in my household, I, you know, right? Um, I, can you imagine what, you know, the, the, the thought that was going on? And so sometimes we, we, we get so removed from that. But as he's writing this, he is challenging them to basically saying, hey, look, I know you had this set rule and regulation, but Jesus. But I would say it does absolutely point to Jesus, but Jesus and now we get to live by, you know, this instruction. It's good. Hi, my name is Rosanna. Hi. Um, I was just thinking about, you know, where it says in verse 5, one person considers one day more sacred than another. And I was so blessed to make friends with um, Messianic Jews. And so they believe in the Messiah. They believe in the return of Christ. And Oh my gosh, the way that they honor, like how it says to honor one day over another and to, and I, we were able, I think you came here, Mm -hmm. we were able to celebrate Shabbat with them on several occasions Mm -hmm. and it was such a blessing. It was so enlightening because they prayed over the meal, the way they prayed over the meal, they honored the food and they honored their children and each other as husband and wife. And as they left their home, the touching stone, they touched, you know, the touching stone, and they said, God, protect my family and protect me as I leave. And it's just like the simple ways that they, that day was for God. That day and that evening and the next day, you know. And it was just so um, pure. And it's like we just take we just think of it as a Friday, you know, or a Saturday. And, so good. And just the way that they served us was amazing. So. Yeah, Rosanna, it makes me think of that's I think what you just did is modeling the attitude of humility of seeing how someone else does unto the Lord. So in the passage it talks about whoever eat meats eats unto the Lord, whoever doesn't 
abstains unto the Lord or whatever. And I love what you just did because you just modeled for us like, okay, maybe I don't do the exact same things in the same way, but I'm looking at how they're honoring God. I'm looking at like, I don't have to, we're not bound by the law of having to like, okay, do we all fit in this box or that box? But we're actually looking at how, how is someone making a heart decision to honor Jesus? And how can I learn from that? Or how does that, you know, what does that call me to? It might be something similar. It might be in a different area. But I love that. I think that's modeling that humility that kind of is a theme in this chapter of not so much having to agree on the specifics of what we do, but looking for how each of us is honoring Jesus and, and being encouraged and inspired and challenged by that. I love that, Rosanna. Hi, I'm Christina. I was actually going to say something very similar. So I feel like instead of passing judgment like I did last week, it's like <laughs> judging, judging everybody. I'm going to stop you right there, though. Your vulnerability and your honesty is so refreshing. And the fact is, as you do that, as any one of you open up and, and become honest, it just makes this a safer place each and every time. So I know you're kind of joking about that, but I appreciate your open and honest feedback on that. All right, thank you. So, so as I was talking last week about passing judgment on everybody, I'm kind of now asking questions of why, why they're doing things this way and why they're making these choices, which is kind of instead of pushing you apart and segregating you more from these people, kind of creating a bigger community and seeing that, yeah, even though you do things different, you still have the same, you know, the same end goal kind of. So the same common goal, yeah. So I'm learning that a lot, that there's different ways because I'm so set in my ways, <laughs> and this is helping. And like I said, at the same time, it's also teaching, letting people understand why I do things a certain way, not looking at me as crazy, because a lot of people think I'm very, like I'm loony, because so <laughs> I'm so set in my ways. So it kind of, you know, conversations and questions and brings people together. So I've learned a lot. of. We had a lot of people stop by the store this week, too, so it was nice. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much. That's so good. I love how God uses, when we allow him to stretch ourselves, uh, God then uses that then to begin to, you know, put that into practice each and every day throughout the week. Um, when you give the Lord the opportunity, I am a firm believer that he is faithful to come and meet you where you're at and and show you things that you never thought were even you, you could comprehend. Anything text-wise? So um, someone mentioned um, Proverbs 20. <laughs> I don't have their name. This is truly uh, so far anonymous. Yeah, 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 exactly. We won't say names, but we're giving your number <laughs> yes, out. Yes, their last introvert. four digits are. Um, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, someone texted in Proverbs 21, 21, which says, whoever pursues righteousness and love, and I think kind of, if I'm interjecting my, my, what I believe is being said here is we're pursuing honoring God and, and listening to how he wants us to honor him, but also being loving with others so that may see it differently. Whoever pursues righteousness and love finds life, prosperity, and honor. So maybe a promise there, you know, of Jesus as we're pursuing, you know, that, that balance of, yes, seeking to live in those details in the way that he's leading us, but also being loving. Man, the promise there of finding life, prosperity, and honor. Thank you so much. Um, one of the things that I don't know if you guys have observed this, but I have in, in the fact that we've been doing this, is that when this question, how does it point to Christ, uh, has come out 
in every single week, that is when people have all of a sudden started to share other verses, and we've already gotten that a lot even tonight. Um, and again, just a training moment, just an equipping and training moment. When you're reading your word, um, again, you can read through it a few different times. Ask yourself different questions each time you read through it. Uh, maybe the first time is just to get a general, hey, you know, what what kind of jumped out? The second time, maybe what's deeper in the meaning? The third time, though, what what is or how does this point to Jesus? And what's interesting to me is is all the different scripture that has been starting to come out. Mm-hmm. Second observation, um, as um, want more imp- input and interaction here with this question, how does it point to Jesus? But the second observation is this. Um, I think it's so easy to want to stay on the concepts of Romans 14 and maybe even try to do what we started to do last week and implementing them into, okay, what are the, the hot button issues that, or the Romans 14 issues of today's time? Um, and it's super easy to get involved into that conversation. Um, but I think we make a mistake if we go to that conversation before we actually go to the conversation of how does this point to Jesus? Because then what we end up doing is focusing on what can I do? What can I do? And we move away from the fact that, oh, no, Jesus is using Paul here to instruct us first and foremost for something that points to him first. Then we can start talking about, hey, can we have a beer um, should we have, who should we have that beer with? Uh, what does it look like uh, in, in a politically charged world? What does it look like with, you know, all the different issues that, that we have and, and those kind of things? Um, so uh, we'll keep it going. Yeah. How does this point to Jesus? By the way, this person contributed as well. Just it, summarizing what, what they felt that proverb meant was, uh, doesn't it come down to one desire to crave the bounty that is Jesus Christ? So kind of amen. exactly to your amen. point. Amen. Whoever, amen. You should have gra- grabbed the mic. No, <laughs> I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. Yeah, so that what I was thinking is that it points us to Jesus in the fact that when he left um, and he ascended back up to heaven, he said that he would leave his teacher with us. And so for me, when the part that stands out is each of them, where is it? Each of them should be fully convinced in their own mind. So I think for me, it really points to, like, this is, this is a lot of words in this verse, and there's a lot of can and maybe can't. And for me, sometimes they can get kind of jumbled up. So I think what it comes down to for me is that personally, I have to seek the Holy Spirit and, and Jesus in knowing exactly what he's telling me instead of what is actually much easier, which is just like following a bunch of rules. So it actually encourages and it strengthens. And like Melanie was saying, it really causes you to mature in your ability to hear and to know exactly what the Holy Spirit is speaking directly to you. And then just in abiding with him, then there's just more unity that comes from that. So more understanding and love and compassion for others, too. Um, I'm Bill, and I don't like to talk in big groups. But um, I'm going to go back to the holiday season when... uh, Dan talked about wonder and re-embracing wonder. And uh, as I read back over this passage this week, um, I just began to ask Father, you know, where is your wonder in this? Um, Where do I find your awe? And I I was brought to um, 
first of all, Philippians 4, where it talks about to count one another better than yourself. And um, then I brought to Colossians um, 1, 27, where it talks about Christ in you, the hope of glory. And <clears throat> as um, I've gotten to know a few people around here and just hear their stories, and I love to hear people's stories, um, I find um, Christ in them, the hope of glory, and which creates an awe, first of all, for him and what he continues to do in us in the midst of our hardships when we lean on him and he comes through for us. Um, and we, we see him reflected in so many different ways around the room. Um, secondly is uh, people that are willing to give themselves over to him and willing to hand their problems and their faults and their stories and give them back to him and allow him to redeem them. And that continues to allow Christ to shine through. And um, I just, I can go around the room and bring up people's stories that I've heard. And it honestly brings tears to my eyes because there's so much beauty that surrounds us that the differences become more and more meaningless. Well articulated for not liking to speak in front of everybody. That, that was absolutely amazing. Bill, while you were talking, it made me think of uh, an orchestra. So I had a very rudimentary experience of high school band. That's about it. Uh, but I just enough to be dangerous, just enough to know that there's woodwind instruments and what are the different kinds? I don't know. Uh, brass, percussion, percussion strings, thank you, and each one of those really has a different way in which that musician protects that instrument, right? If it's a, like a reed, like the oboe has that little bitty reed, and it's very fragile, and then another instrument might be like the, I played the baritone, and it's got the big, you know, you know, thing, and the idea is how you keep one instrument, sassy comment, Dan? I was just saying, can you Pop. do that again? No, no, this is one only, one off, but the idea of you know, we can get caught up in, wait a minute, you can't do what with your instrument? Because I can do that with my instrument. Oh, I can't do what with mine, and you can do with yours. And if we see that we're all trying to protect our instrument and, and the, to, to bring glory and to create beautiful music together, then you can see how, right, with the Jews and the Gentiles, somebody kept a Sabbath, somebody didn't the same way, somebody ate meat, somebody didn't, or you have a beer, I don't, or vice versa. Like, we, we all of a sudden go, wait a minute, but the heart is the same. The heart is to, to do what's best for, you know, to be a musician whose instrument brings glory to God. So, uh, you know, as you were talking well, about, thank and you. And not only to do what best, but to mm. follow the conductor. Mm. Yes, in, yes, in doing that, in doing that. So. absolutely. Uh, my name is Andy. Next, Andy. But um, in the middle of the verse, where it's talking about the living and the dead, it's almost like you know the, those who have come before he, Jesus died for those who come before us, and those that are here. But he's also looking at we can't be proud because you know we know Jesus because he also died for those who were spiritually dead and those who have actually given Jesus made Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior. So we need to see, you know, when we move across, we do everything 
all of our actions should glorify God. That's really good. Yeah. And that he didn't just die for us in this room, right? He died for everybody. That's And that's that's um, that's really important to think and remember um, when you're interacting with everybody in the midst of the week. Um, where I get in trouble is when I forget that. Um, then um, this person just texted in and said these words, I think ties into that sensitivity to pointing it back to Jesus and his work in other people's lives. So this, to be a Christian is to be Christ-like. In the world we are living in these days where we seem so divided, Christian versus non-Christian, verse 13, therefore let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in the way of a brother or sister. Stands out to me that we have a duty as Christians to show the love and acceptance that Jesus shows his people so that we are not creating a stumbling block for others that may be on their path to salvation based off the actions we show. Christians these days are getting a bad reputation for being so judgmental, which is actually pushing others away from Jesus. Now more than ever, we need to stop being the stumbling blocks, but to go back to leading others to Christ. There's a lot there. It's really good. Dan, I... uh for our men's our men's breakfast this morning, you said something that that uh, I remembered. You said something along the lines of, "How can we make Christianity more attractive?" Um, and it made me wonder where that question came from. And it, perhaps it it came from this very question where you're asking, you know, how do we pursue unity in spite of the different convictions? Right? A- as a church, as a country, even as families, we're divided about certain ideas or ideals and and it's in this passage here how does it point to jesus it seems like he doesn't say i'm first um he usually says i'm second you know i mean there's a a part where god says that every knee will bow as long as i live every knee will bow to me jesus never said that jesus never led with bow to me worship me it was always about the father And I, I sometimes walk, operate in my life with the attitude of, listen to me. Listen to what I have to say and see it my way. And I feel we, we, we operate that way many times, and I lead with pride and arrogance instead of humility and perhaps curiosity and love. And, and as Christians, and I'll speak for myself, I've led so much without love. I leave with my con- lead with my convictions. I've turned off so many people so many times. And I think as a church, corporately, we've done that as well, and we've failed in, in, from that standpoint. So um, it's interesting in this process because as you guys are sharing, sometimes I feel like the Holy Spirit speaks something, and other times I don't. Um, but as Neil was saying that, uh, my wife and I had a conversation with somebody that uh, doesn't attend church here, uh, but is working for somebody that wants to be wants to be a godly leader, wants to be a good Christian leader in the middle of that, um, but but has gotten caught up in the trap of the world, which would say that um, you know to lead is you're the top guy and you you lead from the top, and and he goes, I want to be leader, a leader of leaders. And this person we talked to just graciously and gently said, well, how are you going to do that? And he, he was a little 
taken back from that. And then he, or then this person actually uh, challenged him with this. Um, Jesus led by serving us. And if you want to be the leader of leaders, then what you need to do is to understand that the greatest thing that you can do for somebody is to serve them. And what I see in Romans 14 is Paul's charge to all of us that says, hey, will you put what you want down in order to help your brother and sister? Will you put your right, and I love what you said because you're absolutely right. Jesus had every right to go around and go bow down to me, every knee, every knee, every mouth will confess, but he never himself said that. Other people said that about him, okay? Um, for whoever needs to hear this, I think we all want to be servant leaders. But I read a book one time, and this challenged me, and it still cuts me deep. And here's what the author said. If you really want to be a servant leader, if you want to lead like Jesus, then this will be your litmus test. When someone treats you like a servant, because they absolutely expect that's who and how you'll act. Dude. Because anytime somebody does that to me, there's something in me that's like, who are you to treat me that way? Don't you know who I am? I, right? <laughs> right? There's something that rises up. It's the flesh. It's the world. It's the spirit that we're living in. Um, but if you really want to lead like Jesus, if you really want to lead a Romans 14 life, then you... When somebody treats you like, oh, they're totally expecting you to, to do the dishes, and you're like, am I not even going to get thanked for that? No, because you're a servant leader. And will you do that for the people that, you know, maybe work for you that are under your, and that, it, it's, that's a, again, I, I'm not sure who that's for. I feel like it even went off a little bit from what we're talking about, but um, for whoever had ears to hear that. Um, May the Lord challenge you and, and shape you and sharpen you in, in that area. That's good. Somebody texted in uh, another analogy similar to the orchestra analogy, and it's just this simple saying. A flower does not think of competing with a flower next to it. It just blooms. Powerful, right? Yeah, thank you for that. Whoever contributed that. So good. I just was struck. My name's Todd, um, but when you, just when you said, how, how do you make Christianity more attractive, do that by making it look more like Jesus. Oh, that's good. Um, hmm. Psalm 45 talks hmm. just, you are the most excellent of men, you're the most beautiful. Um, and just looking at the, the, the way Romans 14 is, and I can't remember who it was, brought up John chapter 8, but the way that Jesus ministered to people was that he, he ministered to them first, in the case of this woman, he said, "Look, I, I don't contempt. I don't condemn you. I, I, you know, he protected her. He saved her um, in that moment. And then, and he said, I, I don't condemn you either. Now go and sin no more. Mm -hmm. And he met the man in, in uh, I think it was John also, yeah, chapter five. And he said, Do you want to be healed? Um, and disregarded his complete lack of faith and his bitterness, um, and said, Get up, I heal you." And he says, now go and sin no more. But he ministered to them first. He loved them first. He loved them well. And, and I don't see him talking to his disciples saying, you have to 
worship in this way or in these, you know, he didn't lay those things out. He just ministered to them and loved them. And like you said, you know, the greatest in the kingdom is the servant of all. And that's how he rolled. So good. I Just to give context of what we were talking about um, at our table discussion at the men's uh, breakfast this morning, um, it, it got brought up that uh, many times Christianity is like the opioid for the weak. Um, that oh, oh, it's just for for those that are weak. Um, but I think if if we do what you're saying, Todd, if we if we follow Jesus, look, I, one of the manliest men I can ever look to is Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And if I could be 10 percent of who he was and how he did things, how he loved people and yet brought God's truth in and brought a complete balance in the middle of that. If I could go through the things that he went through with just the composure and um, the character that he had and the integrity, you know, if we live like that, we will be attractive to the world. Um, They'll be drawn to us. But like this, whoever said, I think it was a text, um, we become a world that is very judgmental. And I, I would like to ask this question real quick. Why is it that Christians have been given the rap of being judgmental? <laughs> wow. That just did everybody sound Because we are. <laughs> Human nature, right? Human nature. And it's something that we have to um, really, really work to, to not be. So um, it's good. I want to circle back real quick on something Ben said. When you were talking about... When we choose to treat each other with honor and, and value relationship, even when there's difference, even when there's friction, when there's rub, because we see things a different way, have a, a differing conviction on something, uh, just as a parent, uh, when, when I see, you know, my kids, I have, we have four kids, they're all different, they have different opinions on different things, but when they come around the holidays and we notice them setting aside those things because they want to love each other more for the sake almost of like we're mom and we're we want to make this a good time for mom and dad and and you know what I'm saying they're honoring their relationship with us and honoring their relationship with each other rather than having to hash out every difference i think it really makes a statement of of uh, what's most valuable and i think the lord's challenging us to that to say you know if we're going to be if we're going to carry the love of jesus to the world where where the woman caught in adultery is still living in sin, we've got to start within the body. We've got to start practicing Romans 14 and showing honor and saying, you know what, Burris, maybe we don't quite see this the same way, or, or you've chosen this particular path to honor Jesus. I'm seeing it, maybe him calling me this way, but man, I love, I love your desire to honor him. I love, you know, I'm saying building each other up and honoring the Father whom we're both, you know, whom we're both seeking rather than making it all about, right? There's, it's almost like there's a three-dimensional. It's not just, are you right or am I right? It's, man, let's, you know, we're both honoring Jesus, and that's what matters most to each of us. And therefore, we can love each other and honor each other. Hi, I'm Cindy, and I hate the mic too, but more and more I keep grabbing it, so I don't know what that's about. <laughs> um, I'm sitting here, I should preface this by saying I'm a teacher, so this will speak to all the teachers in the room. Um, but as a teacher, it's my job to assess my students, figure out where they're at, and meet them where they're at. And that's exactly what God does for us. He figures out where we're at, he meets us right where we're at, 
and then he develops the plan to get us where he wants us to go. Um, I don't ask my students that's higher to figure out how to get the student that's lower up to your level. I, as a teacher, have that roadmap, and I know what steps need to happen. And so that's what God does for us. So good. All right, finally I'll take the mic, Jake. (laughs) Um, I think it boils down to the relationship, that you can't have righteousness, you you can't have and even know what anybody else wants to eat, for that matter, if you don't even know who they are. Mm. If you don't know and have had that relationship with them to say, you know, Neil, I know you. I know what you want to have for lunch, because that's what you usually eat. if you're a vegetarian, sorry, but <laughs> but it takes that relationship and actually knowing somebody else to then account for them. And doesn't isn't that what Cindy like for instance what God does with us? Is he has a relationship with us. He knows what we need and what we want to eat. And Christ is with that on a daily basis to say, "Hey, I'm here to eat with you, to partake with you, to break bread with you." And then, in the same way, we do it with each other. That's good. That's so good. That's, well, and, and again, it's easier. Uh, Bill had mentioned a, a week ago to me after the service, behind every decision or every conviction, there's a story, right? And when I know the person and I know the story that led to, oh, here's how I'm choosing to honor God, or I'm not partaking in this, or I feel strongly about this, and we know the story behind it. Say you know, that again. To your point. Say that again. Well, Bill said it. Bill, <laughs> you said behind every decision, behind every conviction, there's a story, right? That's good, guys. Yeah. I am Bill. <laughs> Everybody has a story. Mm-hmm. How did you get where you got? You know, why do you do the things you do? They might not know, but when you have opportunity to listen, to ask beautiful questions of people and and draw out the beautiful answers and to draw out the beauty in them, you begin to understand. Um, you set your own you set your own preferences aside and you begin to know one another and you know um, understanding then brings about I think it brings about more love. Absolutely. That's so good. Yeah. That was good. And he mentioned, you know, there's a there's a story behind decisions of freedom versus restriction. And there's a story behind self-restriction, right? There's a, there can be a story to both. There can be a story of someone who got a tattoo that came from a background of not being able to do that, or had a beer and came from a background of no, or there's a story of someone who's chosen to say no to some of those things. So that's good. Uh yeah, I'm Alex. Um, I was looking at verse 16, and it says, Do not allow what you consider good to be spoken of as evil. So I was thinking, you know, on either side of judgment, you know, we think about, you know, when I judge people daily, and maybe it's one of the 600-plus things that I don't do. So I'm judging, but if people are judging me, I don't need to accept that, um, and I don't have to be mean or argue. I can just be sensitive. I think that's the mature faith, right? Because I, I don't have to argue. I'm just strong in my convictions and I can, but I don't have to let it bother me. Um, so how that applies to Jesus is, you know, he's not a perspective, right? Like Nicole said, but it's it's a boundary. It's a Jesus-backed boundary 
I don't have to allow someone else's judgment to penetrate to my heart if I know God's given me mm. that permission to mm. do something. And I can be quiet about it. Yeah. yeah. Mm. That's good. Uh, Jake talked to the men this morning about being bold mm. um, for God. And I asked my table, I said, what would keep you from being bold? And um, the one of the people said, a lack of confidence. Mm. Um, and think about that. When you're confident in something, you'll tell anybody anywhere because there's a confidence to you. This is why we're doing this, church, mm. is because we are hoping that this is building confidence in you. Mm. As you share your heart and as people nod and, and go, oh, that's so good, or come up afterwards and said, hey, I resonated with that, or, or, or you just said something and stretch yourself because you don't like speaking in the mic. It, it's bringing confidence, and that's what we're, we're trying to do. And I, once you become confident in hearing the Lord, then, man, mm. so good. So, hey, it's 630. Uh, oh, Brad, somebody? Oh, somebody? yes. I just Leticia. have one last thing. Leticia. Please, please. Um, Bill, it's so interesting to hear you and knowing people and their story and the teacher um, talking about meeting people where they're, where they're at. That's the work of alternatives. So, you know, every day people are overwhelmed with the possibility of being pregnant. And we want to create relationship with them, and we want to know their story without judgment. I mean, we talk about how we love people really well, just like Christ did. And yet, we're a Christian organization, and we're judgy, and we come with all of our preconceived ideas of what does it mean to be pro-life. And we just want to sit face-to-face -face with somebody and love somebody well. So this is so beautiful to all here, and, and uh, I just agree with you all, so, yeah. Bonus points for you to bring in your ministry yes, and yes. to the conversation. Extra credit. Extra, uh, extra credit. Stars, Cammy, yeah. more stars. Okay. Yeah. But truly, that's the calling not just of alternatives, right? That's the calling that Jesus is calling us into is to sit across from people and hear their story and truly, you know, be agents of reconciliation, not, not of judgment. You know, Psalm uh, John 3.16, most of us are familiar with. But John 3, 17 is the verse right after. It says, for the, uh, for the Son of Man did not come into the world to condemn the world, but that the world should be saved through him. So, go ahead. Hey, uh, this is Brad. Um, one thing that I always stress, I stress every time we've opened up the conversation, but this continues the thread. We have to practice patience to listen to the story, to listen where the journey goes. Because... Jesus didn't, didn't come in and condemn the, the individuals case by case. He sat there, listened, assessed, here's my thoughts, here's my recommendation. We, we live in a world that is so quick, so quick to judge. No context, no decision. Boom, 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 boom. We need to practice patience across the board. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Oh, Brian. Hey, you guys keep <laughs> We've tried. We've tried. <laughs> you got to go where you understand. Yes. Yeah, so uh, a couple things. I'm just, in Romans 14, I I mean, I see so much freedom there. Instead of, don't you find that judgment just brings so much, bleh, right, heaviness? And there's so much freedom there of just allowing my brother and sister to do what they're convicted to do. It's totally fine. Why, why, why do we need to? I'm, I'm not saying I've got this down. I don't. And then two, I don't think, uh, I don't, th it's great to listen. It's great to sit down and f find someone's story. I love doing that. I'm actually pretty good at that, just listening and finding out where people are at. 
but we're not always going to have that opportunity. And then also just being okay with whatever they're doing. So. Okay. So this, here's the thought that came to my mind when you said that, and that is this. I believe that we're supposed to believe the best in people. And so if you haven't had time to listen to the story, then create your own thing in your head, believing the best for that person. And then maybe you can find out what the story is that led to that thing. Um, I heard a story uh, a long time ago uh, about this guy that was driving down the road. This guy comes rearing up, honks his horn, goes around, and, and the guy's like, what in the world? What a, you know, just totally judges him, that kind of stuff. Um, come to find out uh, a little bit later, they were and they're going both to the same place, to the hospital. And when he pulls up to the hospital, uh, this man had a pregnant wife that was about to give birth. And it totally changed his understanding of what just took place. And had he known, he would have been like, I'm out of the way. Go. I mean, make sure your, your wife gets to the hospital all the time. Um, man, you know, perspective, story, believe in the best, change everything. Bill? First Corinthians 13, mm-hmm. love. the love chapter? Yes. yes. Yeah, absolutely. He believes all things, That's hopes so all things. Yep. It's good. Wow. Where do we go from here? I don't know. <laughs> All right. I, okay. Yeah. Josh, um, I, I was kind of going through and, you know, we were thinking about, you know, how we are encouraging each other. Mm-hmm. If you read on a little bit into the beginning of chapter 15, mm-hmm. it says, may the God who gives endurance and encouragement mm-hmm. give you the same attitude of mind toward each other wow. that Christ had. Mm-hmm. So that with one mind and one voice, sense of unity there, you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, accept one another just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. Amen. Wow. So good. And extra credit to you, Star Cami. Yes. Uh, right here for Josh. For context. Uh, for context and bringing in, yeah, what's, what's following it. That's really good. Man. Hey, if you guys will give us the liberty, um, there's... Just, we just real quickly want to share real quick what and how we felt like this pointed to Jesus as well from from our perspective. We'll go really quick. Um, and so, DJ, you want us to share? 90 seconds. Um, something that I feel the Lord's showing me is, you know, it talks about in Romans 14, the one who is weak in faith, right? It says, you know, don't judge or don't treat with contempt the one who is weak in faith and not able to partake freely in some of, of those kinds of decisions. And it made me think of the idea that the, the, Jesus loves us so much. How it points to Jesus in my mind, one of the ways, is that he loves us so much, he understands where we're at in our, in our faith growth. And any of you who are parents in the room, you know, you know your kids, they might be in kindergarten, second grade, fifth grade, and they're just at a different point in their math, in their, in their you know, whatever, in their studies, their physical development, whatever it might be. And it felt to me like the Lord knows uh, if, if, for example, if our child uh, hasn't been instructed about different kinds of snakes, then probably if, you know, you're going out into a field and there's a lot of snakes, you'll probably be like, you know what, as a general rule, why don't you don't, why don't you stay away from picking up snakes for now, right? <laughs> until you've been instructed, until you've heard me on that. Or if you don't really know a lot about mushrooms, you might be like, you know what? Why don't you hold off on just picking mushrooms and eating them? Because that could be a bad, what could go wrong, right? That could be a bad idea. Um, what, you know, there's a couple other things I thought of. Um, what about, um, 
Oh, goodness. Oh, guns. Yes, handling guns, right? If you haven't been instructed, haven't had the safety course, what about coding on a computer, right? You're on HTML. This is our corporate website. You know, there's all a bunch of X's and O's and equal signs. You're like, you know what? Until you've received the proper instruction, maybe don't mess around a whole lot with that area. I think that God, that's one of the things that God is saying is, hey, when our faith is strong, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. We've talked about God is inviting us into conversations with him. He wants to speak to us about different areas. But, but there's times when he hasn't had that conversation with us about a specific area. And he's like, hey, as a general rule, maybe don't, don't do a whole lot of that until we've had a chance to talk about it. Until I've had a chance to train you to discern more delicately what some of the important distinctions are so that you can have freedom in that area and it's life-giving. It's not destructive to you. So I think God is inviting us into that conversation. But until we do, it's okay if we or somebody else next to us kind of has, is in that like, hey, until further notice, maybe don't go into that a whole lot in that particular decision or that conviction. Then we can respect that as well in love, if that makes sense. And that further notice is what he was talking about earlier. I think um, if we, and maybe we'll do this in coming weeks, but if we were to ask you, do you have a story of when you, uh, at one point, were over here, but because of your maturity or your walk with the Lord, the Lord shifted you and brought you over here. Um, and, you know, I, I, I remember, again, a story in the past, um, in my maturity process of somebody coming up and saying um, that they were so legalistic that um, they distinctly heard from God, I want you to have a beer. And he went, no. <laughs> because that's what he'd been raised under, right? No, there's no way. And um, he, he testifies and says, I mean, his story is, the Lord kept going, I want you to have a beer. Because he'd been so driven that he can't. Um, so then he had a beer and realized that the world didn't stop and God still loved him and God still spoke to him and just, um, and, and so he began to real, realize, oh, well, you know, the scripture speaks about drinking in moderation. doesn't say you can't have anything, but it's been taught that way from a man's perspective. So it's very interesting. Um, I, what jumped out to me in, in the middle of this is at the very beginning, it talks about faith. And to go quickly, uh, at the very end, it talks about faith. And uh, God did a work in my heart many, many years ago about this word faith. And anytime I see faith, um, it just it just piques my interest and it makes me start to look really deep into that. Um, and it, Hebrews 11 uh, says faith is being confident of things we hope for, being having the assurance of things unseen, right? Uh, and I know I've said this from time to time. Uh, how many of you are confident in something you haven't seen? Um, I don't think anybody can be real confident. And yet, what we just heard earlier is that confidence is, you know, what keeps us um, or helps us to be bold. That lack of confidence is keeps, keeps us from being bold, right? Um, here's what I would submit, that God wants to give us the confidence to walk in whatever walk that he has for each one of us. And he is faithful then to speak to you what that is. And I'm willing to bet that if I were to really have a heart-to-heart -heart conversation with you one-on-one -on -one, and you had done something that was wrong, I'm willing to bet that in that process, as you were just about to do it, something spoke to you and said, don't do it. And you, you knew it, but you ignored it and you moved on. I, God is faithful to speak to us. Um, as DJ said, Romans 10, 9, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. 
and doing this and practicing this and getting into the word and allowing him to speak to us begins to open up our spiritual ears to be able to hear him so that then we can apply the things that are in this chapter, which basically, I mean, we didn't even get into this. and Nobody even brought up this stuff about he basically says, I think everything is clean. Everything. I want you to think of the worst thing right now that you could possibly think of doing. Everything is clean. Now, he's not telling you to go do that, but what he's saying is when you've heard from the Lord and you're following what he's telling you to do, the Lord's never going to lead you into things that you that are, are detrimental to you or to other people around you. He's only going to do things that are going to be um, life-giving. He came to give life and life in abundance. And so the importance of hearing is so, so real. And again, I, we hope that we're developing the confidence in that um, in, in having you guys read these scriptures and bring them and share your input and heart. Um, and I think it's it's been neat because as people share, you can kind of see and hear the common things, which means you're hearing from God. And I hope that is encouraging to you. I hope that is lifting you up and building you up and building you up in your faith. Um, and so uh, next weekend is house church weekend. Um, as DJ said, we will not be here. So if you don't have a house church, go to shinechurch.life slash house church and we'll get you um, hopefully plugged into one. Um, but in two weekends, um, we are going to continue in Romans. And um, at least as right now, I mean, if God wants to change this direction, but at least right now, as we were talking to this teach team, we're going to actually go into a little bit of this section that talks about hearing from God and the importance on how to hear and, and um, go about that, okay, so that we can develop that. And we're going to send the text out to you guys, and we're going to ask for you guys to help us, uh, because here's what I know. Um, every single person in this room probably hears from God in a different way. I mean, there's some similarities, absolutely, uh, but then there's some some ways that if if you're bold enough to share them, I, I almost promise and guarantee that somebody else in this room will go, I've never tried that. I'm going to, and, and resonate, and maybe it deepens and enhances their walk with God because your willingness to share how you hear from God. So, so thank you. Um, let's pray and we'll get up. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for what you're doing, um, and we thank you for just the participation of everybody in this room. And Lord, I truly do pray that as we do this, um, I thank you that you're leading us in this. I, I pray that you would be stirring a confidence and that you would be stirring um, just uh, uh, an understanding that you care for each one of us and that your Holy Spirit is alive and active in all of us. Um, and so, Lord, I pray that you would give us opportunities this week to practice Romans 14. And the things that were mentioned and talked about tonight, may, may they always be at the forefront of our mind. Um, not just tonight when we leave, but tomorrow and Monday through Friday and into House Church weekend and until uh, the next time we gather together as a whole body. Lord, may you lead us and give us uh, just revelation to how to live um, from this section of Scripture um, currently in our lives. And Lord, we thank you for that in your name. Amen.